0: Hey guys, and welcome to a special episode of Sip With Me. I'm your host, Ioana Kikados.
1: And I'm your host, Aaron Carlson. Today, we're digging into a viral story that involves corruption, public health, and an online petition with the aim to stop the destruction of one of Chicago's most prized green spaces, Navy Pier's Crystal Gardens.
0: In this episode, we'll speak with the creator of the viral petition for an update on its progress, followed by an exclusive Sip With Me investigation into the history of corruption at the pier and the complicated relationship between the pier's owners and Chicago taxpayers.
1: As of the recording of this special episode, the petition had approximately 17,000 signatures and we reached out for comment on the story from the office of the 42nd Ward Alderman, the Mayor's Office of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, and the Navy Peer Communications Director. We did hear back only from the Navy Peer Communications Director who released a statement, which you can find on our Instagram account. Our guest today joining us is a very special old friend from Loyola University, Chicago, Celine Muscala, the Chicago resident who formed a now viral petition to save Navy Pier's Crystal Gardens, a free indoor one acre botanical garden located on the world famous Navy Pier. Uh, She's really doing something special with this petition and it is gaining steam like no other. Celine, welcome to Sip With Me. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with both of you. So tell us about how you found the gardens in the first place as a Chicago resident and came to love the space. And then how you came to find out tragically that the gardens were going to be closing.
2: Sure. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. So I've been going to the Crystal Garden since I was a kid. You know, family outings, you know, whenever family from out of town came into town, it was show them Navy Pier. And I have such fond memories of, you know, being in the space, playing with the fountains, you know, all of that. I'm sure. (laughs) But I mean, it's a beautiful space. And it's like one of those places that, like, isn't as advertised at Navy Pier as other things. So, like, some people, like, some people know about it, but for some, it's like a hidden gem that you just happen upon. And it just, like, leaves this, like, Leaves it elite. Leave, I mean, it sticks with you, right? Yeah. It's it's a place. Yep. Um, so the story of how I found out about all this—it's a little bit of a—it's a little bit of a wild ride. So buckle in. I'll, I'll <laughs> give you the details here. Um, and it all started when my now fiance proposed to me. Yay! <laughs> <Hey. laughs> met at Loyola too. So go go ramblers. Yes. <laughs> but um, so he proposed at the end of July. And we, you know, we met at Loyola, so in Chicago, we both love the outdoors, camping, hiking, etc. cetera. And so about a week or two after he proposed, I started kind of getting ideas for venues, looking into like places like the conservatories, you know, places near mm-hmm. natural, like the lake, the river, you know, and then I happened upon Crystal Gardens and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this place. I've been going since I was a kid. I did not realize it was an event venue. This would be beautiful. So it quickly shot to the top of my um, uh, top, of my two actually, it was my top choice. It still is my top choice of venue.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: So I reached out to the event coordinator to start planning that out. You know, we're trying to do our wedding sometime in 2023. And I emailed her. She never got back to me. So I called. And um, she ended up telling me that the gardens were closing and that they weren't taking reservations for events wow. there anymore. And, Whoa. I was, and I was so, I was not expecting to hear, hear that yeah. at all. So I was kind of like on the phone, just like shocked. I'm like, okay, well, thank you so much. for <laughs> your your <laughs> <laughs> So I was really curious about all of this. Um, so I reached out to the communications director at Navy pier, just saying like, Hey, I heard about this. Could you please give me some details? You know? And then I started doing some searching too and I saw that there was a a zoning ordinance change passing through the city planning commission for the city of Chicago to rezone Crystal Gardens as a commercial zone. Um, And so I was trying to dig into that a little bit more, you know, from there. Um, In that time, the communications director got back to me Um, Oh, to give you a sense of timeline, this is the beginning of August, so it's a Friday. So I think it's like the sixth of August. Okay. So she gets back to me saying, like, "Hey, unfortunately, I don't have too many details about that at the moment. They are going to close. I'll get back to you when I have more information." I say, "Okay, great. Thank you so much." So in the meantime, I'm searching and I hear about this ordinance, and I reach out to the office of my alderman uh, in Ward 25 um and then the alderman of navy pier mm-hmm. office of the alderman there too um i speak to their uh, ministry of assistance there um and um send an email to my alderman he never got back to me that's okay but um from one of those conversations i found out that the ordinance change had actually already passed through the planning commission and also had passed through city council and was approved um about two or three weeks before, well, about two weeks before I even got on the story. So like right before all of this, it had already, it like, and it was hardly advertised, you know, there were.
1: Oh, I would not you know, doubt it.
2: Articles, you know, there's one from, I think there was one from Crane, one from Chicago Tribune, you know, but it's planning commission. So, you know, so it gets mixed in with all these other zoning ordinance changes yep. throughout the city. Right. So it wasn't really a big story then. Um, so, you know, I, 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 realized, okay, it's passed through city council. It's felt like kind of a done deal. You know, I was kind of bummed about it. So, um, my, my fiance and I, we went that day to the gardens. He had never seen them actually. Um, and he was just like blown away. He was like, what, a place yeah. like this exists in the city, you know? And I, we just kind of had a moment there that day. I was like, oh man, this is, this really sucks. Like I took a ton of photos you know, and um, and then a month passed, you know, I got busy with work and everything else, yeah. sharing my engagement news, like happy stuff, you know. Um, and uh, then a month later on Labor Day, so September 6th, um, I find myself back at Navy Pier with my fiance and a friend on one of those boat tours we found a group on for, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're, we get off the boat, um, we're walking back down the pier, um we passed by the crystal gardens on the outside and i'm talking to both of them about like my little i was telling them the story of what had happened a month ago and my friend turns to me and she's like oh yeah i used to do like cultural like performances with my cultural dance group there growing up you know like i I remember doing that that was so great and so then that really got me thinking about all like The weddings and proms, quinceañeras, festivals, events—like
1: yeah, it's a huge event space, right? That have happened
2: there in the past, like you know, twenty-five plus years that it's existed, right? Um, so I go back that day. Two days later, this is a Wednesday, September eighth. I'm on Instagram. I see a post from Secret Chicago um, that is like sharing that this immersive digital experience called Illuminarium is going to move into the Crystal Gardens. And so to give you a little bit of background on that, Illuminarium is, they have, they've opened their first experience in Atlanta and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a safari. I don't know if you both have looked into it. Yes, yes, we did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so it's like, so it's like, it's like, you know, tall screens kind of surrounding you and with like footage from safaris in like Kenya, Tanzania, South Africa, with like the sights and the sounds and like the feeling, the rumbling and everything, it's supposed to be like an immersive thing, you know. Um, and I remember, um, I'll get back to that in a second. Um, I mean, I know you have other questions too, so feel free to stop me. No, at no, me. This, no this is America. great. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. so. Um, I I I'm just like, what is this a luminarium thing? This digital, what that's I how I felt. The, and I see in the comments, you know, other people feel this way too, right? They're like, what? They're gonna tear this down for this, like a, a yeah, the tear yeah. down for this, you know? Like, what is this? And so after reading that, I reached back out to the communications director I'd spoken with a Navy peer a month prior, say with the link to the article saying, Hey, I saw this. Does this mean the gardens are going to be torn down, and she says yes. We're going to turn them over to Illuminarium for construction. I respond asking um, what they're going to do with the plants, and she never got back to me. Whatever. Um, uh, and so a couple of days, and I'm like, what? Jeez. Uh, so a couple more days pass. You know, this is, it's about a week later um and I just like inspiration just hit you know I was like okay you know what screw it I, I really <laughs> like, excuse me but I, I really like I, I need to do something about this like I, I feel like yes like having seen those other comments of people who were like in the same boat as me I was like yeah. okay I'm gonna make this Instagram account so I make the Instagram account I'm trying to figure out how to like get a following. So I go to the Crystal Gardens location page and just start following every single person who's ever made that's a public. amazing. Book. God, that you are a awesome. genius. Awesome. I'm following like hundreds of people, right? That's so smart. And Instagram probably thinks I'm like a bot or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> can say, did you get like, like
0: banned at any
1: point? Shadow no, banned. not
2: banned or anything, which I was really grateful for. That's I was amazing. trying to like space it's it out side. so that's it's a sign. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and then um, around the same time, I make the petition. So this is this will be, wow. be two tomorrow, two weeks tomorrow since I made the petition, um, and so I start to get this following. You know, I, I add the people who commented on that secret cart or secret Chicago post too, um, and someone responds saying like I'm so glad you made this page, like blah blah blah. Um, so I I I'm setting up the petition and I get to write in the description. I'm like, okay, I want to learn more about this illuminarium thing, right? So I'm reading up on it, and I see an article that's um, interviewing the CEO of Illuminarium. when they that. Opened, right. Um, and one line really stuck out to me. He said that he was trying to democratize extraordinary experiences with Illuminarium. You know, that with the safari, for example, people want to go on a safari, you know, but it can be inaccessible for whatever, for a multitude of reasons, right? Um, So he's trying to bring that to people, you know? But what I think is so ironic is that he's trying to, like, they're trying to bring that into a space. I mean, like, what is more democratic, quote-unquote, free green space where everyone can, like, enjoy nature and actually interact with actual nature, you know, like, like,
1: like, go ahead. I want to jump in there because that is, when I read that specific sure. article on the interview, and
0: right. there was
1: a piece um, out with him and the Navy Pier president, uh, Marilyn Gardner, um, mm-hmm. where they talked about how excited they were for this and how it's going to be great for both of the businesses. But um, yeah. to me, though, their quotes were almost in a way dystopian. Um, and, and I'll read a quote from the CEO of and Illumina, luminarium Experiences, Ellen Greenberg. He said, quote, we can't wait to welcome both Chicagoans and tourists to interact with highly engaging, socially conscious and educational, immersive digital spectacles that I'm confident are unlike anything they've ever witnessed, end quote. Um, And to me, um, some of the things, the way they were speaking about this change, you're taking a free public green space that is truly green, and truly natural and exotic in terms of green spaces. Mm-hmm. And you're turning that into a 100% digital, artificial, yep. uh, quote unquote, natural experience where you're going to yep. charge between 30 and $50 a ticket yep. to residence. Um, and to me, that's, it's dystopian. Especially, and this is really like where I felt so strongly about what's happening, especially coming out of a year and a half of being in a pandemic Mm -hmm. where people are locked inside, they are not able to utilize public spaces, and the mental and emotional health and wellness benefits that come from a green space are more needed than ever before in our history. Yes. And we are going to justify that now is the right time to replace yeah. the public green space with an artificial paid experience. Yep. Doesn't make sense. On um, the nose, a and thousand percent. Something we talked about
0: too, and I, I don't know if this is 100% yep. accurate, but I think I remember reading this, was that there is another space. It was like an AMC theater that closed down that they could use for that and leave the other space on its own, it's like they, right. they really, I mean, they're like right. purposely going after this space rather than just using another space that they could easily use for this experience.
2: So, right, so on that, let me let me respond to that, the saying like, so I actually reached out to the communications director again, Pyle Patel, asking about the IMAX space, you know, asking like, hey, what is the plan for that? I never, yeah, asking what the plan was for it. Um, And she said they were reviewing business proposals, you know, and so that's my that's that's something that I make made sure to include in the itself. It's like, you know, if I think these immersive experiences are, you know, think of them what you will, but they're definitely an up and coming thing. They're popular people want to see them, I guess, you know, so I'm not saying don't do it, you know,
0: yeah,
2: but they can coexist. Exactly. put it in the next space. That's yes. a theater meant for stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I, I'm not going to pretend to like know like what the conversations were that led to this decision. Yep. You no, know, but I, I just, it just seems so obvious to me. So I'm, I want to know why. Besides, I mean, obviously, like, if they have one in the Crystal Gardens and the other in the IMAX space, it's two new streams of revenue instead of one. Right. right. But but yeah, I mean, it's just so obvious to me and a ton of other people too. I've, I've heard that from the comments on my Instagram posts on the comments of the petition, you know, I just, yeah. And I, and Erin too, I think everything you said is just so, so on the nose, especially after COVID, after everything about our lives being digitized, school, work, you know, we're on our phones already so much as it is, like, yeah. we don't need another screen. We need,
1: More green space. Yeah, like surrounded by like eight foot tall screens. Like that is the last thing that I want, and to pay to do that. Yeah. Yes, maybe some point down the line I would do that, and definitely Mm -hmm. if I have like out of town family, that is for sure something I would bring them to. Totally. Um, but like to replace a green space with a like fake green space, it's just very it's distasteful. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's short
2: sighted and it's misguided. I think. I think it's a mistake.
1: So, a yeah. uh, last question for you. What besides, um, I know you mentioned um, talking to them about maybe you're still pursuing the project, but using a different space on the pier. What do you see maybe as a path forward or your goal with the petition? And how can people ultimately support you and the petition itself?
2: Yeah, thank you so much for asking that. You know, because I, I want to say first is that I have no, I had no idea going into this, I had no idea how to run any sort of like social media campaign at all. You know, this like definitely blew up to be big. I was hoping it would get traction, but like I would not be here without everyone who's supported so far and everyone who has reached out to me with tips and ideas and advice on like how to get an audience, you know? And like, I got my first interview because the younger brother of the reporter saw it and was like, oh my gosh, you need to interview this person, you know? And so like, I'm I'm so grateful to have social media for that to be able to spread the word like that and to everyone who's reached out to me and given me ideas you know going from here like <laughs> i'm not trying to be naive about it this is a whole this is a whole beast honestly yeah, yeah. like i know i know we were saying or we were discussing earlier too that the whole like the way the navy pier is set up in general this whole private par- public partnership is like a whole other thing that, that is definitely worth noting um so you know i think right now getting like continuing to spread the word sharing the petition with your family and friends just making people aware i think is 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 the biggest thing you know because i i mean look uh, two weeks ago i had you know a hundred people on this petition now i'm like i think the last time i checked it was like seventeen thousand plus yeah
1: yep you're almost to 20
2: you know and like i i want to know too that i don't know like so that's 17,000 people but there are definitely thousands and thousands of more of other people who are also aware of this. Yeah. You know, so we're talking a lot of people and, and, and it can only grow from here. Yeah. You know, um otherwise I I'm trying I don't want to jinx myself by like going too far into this. I don't know where this is going to go. You know, but I would love ideas. I would love to be able to propose new ideas to Navy Pier, you know, a compromise of some sort if they're willing to hear that. You know, like I would love to be able to sit down with them and like, you know, discuss with them like the importance of the crystal gardens to the community, to Chicago and to visitors, you know, and 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 find another solution, you know. There used yeah. to be a restaurant group that 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 rented the crystal gardens from Navy Pier, you know, and, and ran the events, you know, I something like that maybe you know there, I feel like there's so many other ways directions we could take this that could end up with with both with both parties kind of like content yeah you know so I think I would love any ideas any any connections at all I think I, this is what I'm looking for right now definitely any lead-hmm okay
1: well Celine thank you thank so, you so much. much for joining us and for telling us about your movement we hope that it continues to grow and anyone if you are listening please go sign the petition and share it everywhere you may think that one signature or one share doesn't do anything but that is how a petition works and that is the only way that it can get some grassroots momentum and ultimately get to the people that are in charge and the change makers that can reverse this decision so celine thank you so much thank you for doing what you're doing i know you have a full-time job on top of this and that is probably (laughs) crazy right now but i know in the end that it will be worth it um yes thank you for taking time
0: yeah thank you both so much i'm, I'm really glad we got to chat today what an amazing interview and such an amazing person um yes really so inspiring that we went to loyola with her but also, i
1: know uh, we're like, all ramblers like,
0: right go ramblers uh but also just an amazing cause and just something that people really should take a look at and support um, she has an amazing Instagram that she's created for this. And I think it's so awesome how many people have joined and signed the petition so quickly. Um, so really, we're excited to jump in. We, I know we have more information here yes. and you've done a lot, a lot of research today. Um, and so we have a lot more context to add to the story as well.
1: Yeah, so we'll just give everyone a little bit of background information on this truly fascinating story. And like Celine mentioned, there is a long, muddied history with Navy Pier that I had absolutely no clue um, was the case. And if you are a lifelong Chicagoan or you are listening somewhere else around the nation and you just know Chicago and Illinois politics, you know that we are chock full of conflicts of interest and Very corruption true. and navy pier is no exception so basically navy pier used to be a government-ran government-owned entity um wow. it was part of the mpea which is the metropolitan peer and exposition authority Um, which, again, I had no idea existed. Um, But that is actually a pretty large municipal corporation um, that was created by the Illinois General Assembly, Um, so basically like our Congress. And their mission basically is to attract like like conventions, trade shows, public events, stuff like that. Um, And at one point, they owned Navy Pier, uh, McCormick Place, which is our um, mm-hmm. really large convention space. And they also own and run um, a couple of pretty large hotels around those convention spaces. Wow. So basically, it is a, a private industry, uh, public government partnership slash ownership cocktail blend um, to basically promote tourism and and attract business, which is great um, because ultimately these spaces um, attract investment, spending, that boosts tax revenue, which increases investment in the community and, you know, kind of that cycle of how government works. Um, but uh, it's not that simple. So uh, Navy Pier uh, has some history with corruption dating back to the uh, governorship of George Ryan, whom many people might know um, is a criminal. <laughs> and, uh, basically Navy Pier was involved in some contract bid rigging. And there were a couple of patronage scandals, um, in terms of employment and executive leadership. Uh, and so, uh, that, uh, in combination, I think, um, because that was a while ago, but that in combination with the fact that, uh, running Navy Pier is a large undertaking um, it's operating budget is well over $50 million a year. And it kind of is, um, you know, it's, it's a special place. It's a, it's a very unique thing to have in a city. Um, so basically, uh, Navy pier and the city decided ultimately in 2011, that they were going to spin it off into, uh, a nonprofit. Uh, and I thought that that was just like, interesting. yeah. So I guess it's kind of a common government business setup. Um, there are a lot of museums and other public institutions that um, run on public land, but are ultimately at the end of the day, like legally separate. Um, but basically, uh, they were formed into a nonprofit so that they could operate um, on their own and kind of be able to do their own thing because it was such a big operation that it needed to. Uh, have its own leadership, have its own strategy, have its own investors, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was in 2011. Uh, then we had, in the Rahm Emanuel administration, um, some weird shifting of funds. Um, so now, technically, that they are a not-for-profit, they are separate from the MPEA that I mentioned, which is a essentially uh, an organization that is taxpayer-funded. So you and I are paying for those operations. Um, but basically Rahm Emanuel's administration shifted about $50 million, I believe, um, from the MPEA, uh, and that got earmarked to Navy Peer Inc., which is the not-for-profit. Um, so again, just another kind of, um, you know, is that legal? Is it not legal? Is it ethical? Um, a lot of blurred lines, uh, in the history of Navy Peer's operations. So, um, a lot of this information is coming from a BGA article by the BGA president, David Greisling? Greising. Sorry, David, if I butcher your name. Um, the article is fantastic. We will definitely link to it. Um, but essentially what Iwan and I want to do is we want to make the case for why citizen, citizens should have a say in what happens at the pier. So I think a lot of opponents of this petition now and down the line are going to say, "Well, Navy Pier is its own private entity; it's its own not-for-profit. They can ultimately they can decide what they want to do." And that is um, kind of essentially what they told us in the statement that they released to us today. Um, basically, they said they you know they're a business; they need to think about their financial longevity, and they need to think about you know their future, especially after COVID. And so they see this as an attractive opportunity to fill what is otherwise um, deemed by them to be kind of an underutilized space. Um, so here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, the principle is when Navy Pier Inc. was spun off of the, the government entity, uh, the... Agency provided $115 million in taxpayer money for improvements to the peer. They also allocated $60 million for the peer and operating funds, vehicles, other equipment um, worth approximately $2.5 million, plus a $5 million interest-free loan and a $220,000 chunk for basically miscellaneous expenses. So what happened in 2011 – the taxpayers of Chicago essentially set up this not-for-profit organization um, with tens of millions of dollars. Um, to me, uh, that opens the door for the argument that no matter how long they are a separate entity or however they operate, whether that's free of government oversight or not, ultimately Navy Pier is partially owned by the taxpayers because we are an investor. Do you know what I mean? Um,
0: yeah. It's kind of crazy. That's quite a bit of money to be putting in as a taxpayer and then for them to say that they're a nonprofit.
1: Yes. So like, and again, it's, it's, it is a, a sort of common setup right. um, in private public partnership. Um, but I think the way that it's being done uh, as well as the way that this uh, um dismantling of the gardens is being done is kind of distasteful. Um, And there are a lot of people out there that have been saying this for years. This is not a new thing. Um, This is just a story that I think is getting a lot of citizens and taxpayers, um, like you and me and Celine, um, kind of doing a little bit of research and going, hmm, like this doesn't seem right. And if you're listening to this and you're doing your own research, again, always go with your gut. Go with your journalistic... Tentacles, if they are tingling, something is up. Um, so the uh, Better Government Association has been actually suing for a couple of years to basically open up Navy Pierre Incorporated to uh, like further transparency because mm. because they're a not-for-profit, they essentially can just say, you know, no, like no, thank you, we're not going to show you this. Yeah. They are not subject to FOIA requests. They don't have to disclose a lot of their financial information, all that kind of stuff. So they've been suing for years um, unsuccessfully. Um, But here's where things get even more complicated. So the MPEA, again, that's the government-funded organization that runs um, McCormick Place and some hotels and used to technically run the operations of Navy Pier Over the last couple of years, they have spent $670,000 plus of taxpayer money on outside lawyers just to keep, and this is a quote, just to keep Navy Peer Inc. records behind lock and key. Um, And NPI does not disclose how much they have spent on lawyers, end quote. And again, that is from the BJA article. Um, So essentially, not only are they not being transparent about, um, you know, full operations and all that, they are fighting against increased transparency. Um, And to me, that, it just raises questions. I don't want to make any accusations or claims because I can't. Um, But it is certainly, yeah, it makes you a little uneasy. Yeah. Um, the only, like, there are some, um, like, higher level operational numbers that uh, the peer releases each year in um, one of their, um, like, nonprofit annual reports, um, and the only one I really want to highlight is executive salaries. Um, so, Ioana, I know you mentioned that I had thrown a weird-looking table into our Google Doc, and that is no what this is. I no idea what it
0: was. I was like, what is this? <laughs> a lot of big numbers.
1: Yeah, these are the executive salaries from the uh 2019 f- fiscal year. Uh the 2020 report is not out. I'm not sure why. I don't no. know. These that might not salaries? get re- that might not get released until later. I don't know, but uh 2019 are the numbers I have. Um so there are t- uh 10 there's 10 executive salaries uh in this table. Um and I can say that what three, three of them are over uh, $300,000 a year, with the highest salary going to Marilyn Gardner, the president and CEO of Navy Pier Inc., um, with a salary of $534,300, with other compensation just under 50000 um, COO, Brian Murphy, $353,000, $50,000, um, other, I'm assuming that's an annual bonus. That's very common in not-for-profits for fundraising reasons. Uh, chief development officer, uh, $358,000, $28,000 other, um, on and on and on, um, Can down I the take list.
0: A, take a moment for the last name on that list because an assistant secretary makes $107,000.
1: Yes, so don't know what that is, but that's the lowest salary uh, on the executive salary table. Um, And again, a lot of people might say, well, you know, those salaries for a large not profit, which this is, this has over a $50 million operating budget, I believe. Um, So, you know, they're they're earning that salary. And again, I'm not going to be a person to say that they're not or that that's not normal because I'm not an expert. Um, This is all very brief surface level research, Um, but a nonprofit times 2014 salary study, which was kind of the benchmark salary study I could find for an average uh, non-for-profit president and CEO salary. The average pay for that role uh, in 2014, when this salary study was completed, was $118,000. Interesting. Um, And the NPI uh, president and CEO is making $534,000. Um, they also said, which I thought was interesting, that the average salary for a president or CEO of a not-for-profit with an operating budget of $50 million plus, which again, according to my research, does include NPI, the average salary for that is 317000 So still about $200,000 over that average. Um, And I'm not trying to call out specific people. I'm not trying to say that there's something going on. I'm not trying to say that it's wrong. Um, All we're trying to say is that, again, the taxpayers are the ones that invested into this Mm not-for-profit. And ultimately, it is Chicago residents, your extended families, your friends, your family that you're bringing to Navy Pier. You are the ones driving that revenue that is ultimately paying for these expenses. And so you have, you know, a pretty well-earned right to have more information, um, not only on how the pier runs, but ultimately on what goes on at the pier, um, which is what this story is about, saving the Crystal Gardens, because it's important to people. Uh, There's generations of history at the location. And again, at a time after the pandemic, when people need free open access to green space, you're going to destroy it, especially in in an urban city like Chicago, um, that really sells itself on green space. Like that is our thing. Like it's not, um, like affordable housing. It's not safety. It's not cleanliness. It's not, uh, sport teams being successful. <laughs> nope. it's, it's really our green space. It's yeah. our parks. Yeah. So to replace it with something that is completely artificial.
0: Very interesting. That's our annoying. Comment. It also like something that Celine highlighted in the interview and something like we read was like there are other spaces that could still do what they want to do but keep the green space it seems and again like i don't know what goes on behind closed doors i don't know what their plan is or what they're talking about at navy PR, but just from the outside it like from what i'm seeing and, and what we've kind of seen it just seems like there could be another space that's allocated for that while you can keep the garden again i like i don't know what their plan is or like what their thought behind everything is. But yeah, I just think it's surprising that it's just like such to me as an outsider, like such a sudden decision that was kind of like no one really talked about and no one really covered and working in news, like it was really not covered that the gardens were not going to be there.
1: Yeah. Um, well, that, that's the, again, there are a lot of distasteful elements right? to the story. And that's another one that this was something that, this is not like, oh, we are closing, uh, we're going to close a, an AMC theater, or we're going to close a, a, a Lucky Strike bowling alley, or a laser tag arena, or this cocktail bar is going to close. This is, yes, it is part of a large entertainment space. That is what Navy Pier is. But it really is a public park, yeah. first and foremost, within the entertainment space, so to kind of shove it under the rug and pass it through quietly again another distasteful element while the like all of the chicago committees and you know council meetings they're already like virtual and people don't know how to access them people don't right. know how to contact all the people like everything is just confusing and stressful right now and so to me i think the sense I get, like having been in business and and having an MBA and studying that field, it it almost seems like they took advantage the of yeah. of the timing to yeah. kind of shove this through. Sure. Because they, I, I I again we don't know, but I know for certain they need the added revenue that the Illuminarium experience would bring in because they have been open and closed at different points over the last year and a half. I'm sure that they were bleeding money during the pandemic. I, I'm pretty sure that they were already not like always like doing that financially great right. before the pandemic. Um so to me it, it makes sense in kind of what they told us um mm-hmm. is that really they're doing it because they're a business and they need to. And
0: it's um, that's fine. Like yes, I don't think that's I respect that. Yeah. We our issue is like why can't you have both? Yeah. And again, like I don't know what what that answer is. It, they may there may be a, like an actual answer, but I just think it it needs to be looked into a little more than just yeah. like, this is happening. And, yeah,
1: and if there is an answer, put it out there. Tell
0: us. Yeah.
1: Put have transparency yeah. and work with the residents of Chicago and the people that care and the people that ultimately you know keep the lights on and pay the salaries. So. There is traction um, with this at the higher levels of government. Uh, State Senator Bill Cunningham introduced a bill, SB 2427, that would subject Navy Pier Incorporated to FOIA requests. Um, So go, Bill. Um, The alderperson of the actual uh, ward where Navy Pier is located also. Um, is advocating for increased transparency and oversight. I know there are actually several other people that are um, advocating for that. And I think that this story might, um, with the right traction and the right momentum, might push that to uh, continue and actually formalize. Um, Again, I wanna emphasize, we did reach out to that other person's office and we did reach out to Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office, um, but we did not get any comment or statement back. Um, but essentially what we want you to do is to go online and sign that petition. Uh, that petition link is in the description of this episode. It is also in our Instagram bio and it is also on our link tree and please go follow Celine's account. It is at crystal safe, crystal gardens at Save crystal gardens on Instagram, um, She is posting a lot. People are sharing memories. Um, Go follow them. And again, like every signature, every share that you do on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, that is ultimately how more people share, more people share. And that's why it has gone from 100,000 to almost 20,000 signatures as of recording. So
0: Thanks for listening to Sip With Me with Ioana and Aaron. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, sipwithme.org. There you can find our themed cocktail book as well as other exciting Sip With Me content.
1: And if you love our podcast, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social at sipwithme underscore. Join us next week for our regularly scheduled Sip With Me programming.